Bob Hyatt, welcome to the new season of the Monday Morning Pastor Podcast. Well, I think we mean welcome, welcome everybody. That's right? a good point. Everybody, me. welcome. Glad you're back. Glad you're here. Yes. Hey, me too, Doug, man. Good to see you. You too. Yeah. I was so glad that uh, that it was September and and we're we're back on and we're every week now. And man, I just I feel like this is going to be a, an epic, a one for the ages. Yeah. Let's you, just set the bar as high as possible. Yeah. It's like. So that whatever it actually is, is going to be a disappointment. That's, that's exactly, exactly. No, but seriously though, it's really good to be back. I know we've, we've had a great August of being able to work hard and get a bunch of episodes in and yeah, we're super excited to share with you all um, just the season. And our hope is that you find encouragement, uh, you find some, some great equip, equipping opportunities, and also that you find moments where you are laughing, which the, all those things would be considered a win in my book. But yeah, how's the rest of your summer been, Bob? Uh, summer here in Boise has been hot, uh, but it is ending up being not. So that's nice. It, it's kind of cooled down and we've got some rain and, and uh, it's, it's a welcome relief. Uh, growing up in San Diego, my my comfort zone sits exactly within the 65 to 75 zone, and anything outside of that, I struggle with. So I'm I'm enjoying it right now, as it's uh what is it 67 outside? <laughs> perfect, perfect. I've never even experienced. I, I've been to San Diego one time, and yeah, you're right. It is the perfect temperature, but. That has never been my life. Yeah. It's always been the ups and downs of the weather of the East Coast, which is uh, the opposite of dry heat, just hot heat in the summertime. And and yeah. yeah, but I think it's been good. I feel like for me, the summer has sort of winded down into the place of we, we dropped our oldest off at college, which was Waterworks Station. Uh, it was rough, man. Mm -hmm. I don't think... I. I we probably could have filled a few gallons worth of tears between my wife and myself and wow. my daughter and my son. It was just such a, such a emotional, uh, few hours, but he's doing well. He's adjusting, he's enjoying school. He's having fun. But other than that, yeah, it's like, we're starting to get into that fall rhythm, which is just a beautiful thing. Um, I, my, we've, I've homeschooled my daughter for the last three years and, uh, this year, she's gone back to school. So for the first time in three years, do I have the whole home to myself from the hours of wow. seven to five right now because she's playing hockey. But it's just, Bob, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, my house is quiet. It's weird. I'm just, I'm kind of freaked out a little bit. But anyways, I don't, you know, if you'd like to give me some psychological support or some help or emotional support, I'd, I would greatly appreciate it. Just call, call a lot, make sure I'm okay. Um, that'd be helpful. <laughs> All right. We'll check in everybody. If you're listening, check in on Doug every once in a while, just make sure he's not getting cabin fever. You know, he's not just sitting there typing all work and no play makes Doug. A... <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. So dude, we're excited yeah. for the season and we've got a lot of fun things ahead, but you know, as, as you engage back into the fall, Bob, what are some of the healthy rhythms for you? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, I have, uh, it's been weird that like you and like many of us these days, I, I've kind of been working from home for the, the past few years. And so for me, 
Yeah. Uh, fall coming just means, again, the house is, is a little emptier and I've got a little more space to roam around, a little less distraction. And so that's nice. A um, little more kind of fuller mornings as you're trying to get some some kids off. And, you know, this morning it was raining. So I had to take our, I drove our youngest to school instead of her riding her bike. And, and it's, it's, so it becomes this time where we get back into um, just those mundane things that uh, if we're, I think we've, we might end up talking about this a little later on on uh, one of our other podcasts, but um, where if we're not careful, we'll miss those moments. You know, the driving, driving, driving someone to school. You know, it it feels like a chore, but I know at some point when that's no longer even needed, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss dropping her off and picking her up and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's what fall is for me. It's just kind of getting back into those more structured days of of obligations and commitments rather than the kind of freeform nuttiness of of summer when who knows what's gonna what's gonna be going on during the day. Yeah, totally. You know? I feel very similar. It's just nice to know that my schedule Monday to Friday stays the same. Like and the funny thing is, yeah. is I'm definitely more of a spontaneous person. I enjoy that. Or at least I, I used to enjoy that a ton where now it's, it's just so nice to know that this is what my week looks like. And, and I don't know about you, but I feel like when the family's home, I'm all, I always feel torn. It's like, cause I work from home too. Um, and, yeah. and, and I, I, there's things that I get done and that I need to get done, but then I feel bad. Cause like they're all upstairs you know, poking their head down like, dad, can you come up and do this? And I'm like, I can't right now. So now I don't have to live with that guilt any longer, which is great. Um, but beyond that, I'm just, I'm excited for just the, the, the daily rhythms of, um, yeah, of driving Kylie to school for the first time in three years. I'm looking forward to that. And I think that's stuff that mm -hmm. I've had the great opportunity to talk with you about for quite a few years, but just that being present in those things and realizing that yeah. It is those things that are really shaping. Um, and it's um, what I'm finding is, especially as as we this summer sort of has felt like the the goodbye tour, tour for our oldest son as he's, you know, headed off to college, not forever. But yeah, this is weird space. But even as we've had opportunities to reflect on his growing up up to this point, I was amazed that most of the things that that he found were the most shaping. Um, we're just the, the, the very simple, ordinary things and maybe amazed is not, I, I was, mm -hmm. I was reaffirmed and reassured that those things were really mattered because the things that he talked about weren't like, Oh, the trip that we did here, or this particular thing, but it was like, yeah, you know, going fishing that one day, or you remember that time we went for a walk and we had that mm -hmm. really deep conversation. It's, it, it, they weren't these wild extravagant things. So I think sometimes as pastors and ministers, we can feel like we, you know, maybe our kids are at a little bit of a different space because so much of their life is around church. Even that was really cool. The, the last Sunday Caleb had with us, he was like, dad, I can't wait to go to church just to chat with the people that I'm not going to see for a few months. And I just thought to myself, man, I'm so grateful that, you know, it, it was different being raised as a pastor's kid for him, but that he has all these relationships. And from a pastor, my favorite was the week, the two weeks before he left, he probably had 
three breakfasts, uh, a couple lunches, and um, a few evenings where he was invited over by other men in our church just to check in on him before he left. And I'm just like, wow. God, you're so good. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it really is. And and I'm grateful for that. I know that that's not everybody's experience. And I know kids and their personalities yeah. come to play into that too. And I'm just really grateful that that we had a chance to sort of see a, a healthy transition into into this next stage yeah. of, of his life and our life as parents, um, which has been which has been pretty cool. So yeah, we're going to get to talk about something really fun today. Um, you know, as we're getting ready to kick off, we got a ton of interviews come in, and yeah, we're trying to strike that balance this year of having some some conversations with pastors, uh, having some conversations with authors and leaders, and and really trying to hold those things in tension and just to be able to hear from a, a multitude of different voices, but. You all are going to be blessed to once a month to hear from Bob and Doug and our voices because our voices are probably the most important ones in your life. Um, say that completely <laughs> tongue in cheek. Um, but we just wanted to talk about how most of us are going to be replaced by artificial intelligence in the next few years. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's coming. Um, but yeah, I was, I was on the, uh, I was, I can't remember what I was reading, but somebody shot me uh, an email with a link to a church service that was completely run by AI uh, back in August or, or August or January or August or July or something like that in Germany. And I just, I shot it over to Bob. I was like, what is this? And so I've just been kind of, my brain has been uh, thinking about this quite a bit. And I know when it comes to any kind of thing with, artificial intelligence and AI and tech stuff, Bob is like on board with this. So Bob, what are your thoughts on that? I know you saw it too. I want to turn that over. Like, should we be afraid for our jobs? Uh, <laughs> some people should, but uh, no, I don't think so. Um, you know, the, the funny thing about technology in church is that whenever something new happens and something new comes on the horizon, uh, I feel like there are the early adopters who want it for some reason to be a huge sea change for the church. I don't know if you remember um, the uh, the video thing of of Second Life, you know, uh, kind of that. The, it was it was the the meta space before anyone yeah. called it that, you know where you could have your little avatar and he would walk around and, and you could talk to other people and, and basically do everything that you wanted to do in, in real life, but on a computer screen. And um, at, like for some reason, uh, this was supposed to be this amazing technology. And I remember playing around with it and going, oh, okay, that's there, there, there I am walking around. I could do that outside if I wanted to. But people were like, no, this is where we're going to plant churches huh. in Second Life, and, and this is going to be the most amazing way to spread the gospel. And of course it wasn't, um, because, uh, because the gospel is relational, and uh, it actually takes incarnational presence in our lives you know, to take root. And I feel like... Um, there's there's a place for that kind of of technology and it's great there's nothing wrong with it inherently but here's here's my rule Doug um as I've thought about technology over the years and video venues and and the ways that we're using it that my thing is 
do not try to solve a problem mm. with technology that ought to be solved with discipleship. Whenever you're trying to solve a problem with technology um, and cutting out the person-to-person -person interaction of discipleship, you're on the wrong path. And I'll give you an example. One is the whole idea of, of um, video venues. And I know, look, everybody's probably got some opinions. We've, we've got some listeners who kind of uh, probably maybe have some campus churches and, and they show videos and, and that's fine. Uh, my thing is, I feel like um, the problem that they're trying to solve there is, is not enough qualified or gifted right. communicators, right? So we're going to just show a video over here of this very gifted communicator who's actually speaking over there. The problem is, is that if you keep doing that over and over and over, eventually the church fails to produce mm -hmm. more preachers, fails to produce more men and women who have experience in the pulpit and know how to, how to correctly mm -hmm. handle the word of God and how to preach good news, right? Eventually you end up with four or five voices that just everyone's mm -hmm. watching on a screen. And there's a lot of other problems with it too. Um, but so here comes AI. And as you said, we should put a link to, uh, that story in the, in the, yeah. in the podcast notes, just so people can kind of know. Uh, but it was a sermon, um, written by AI and preached by a completely computer generated avatar. And that's great. You know, I mean, can, a can AI write a sermon? Yeah. Um, but can it preach good news? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And I think that the problem it's solving is not one we should try to solve mm. with technology. You know, if that makes any sense. What were your thoughts as you were, as you yeah, were looking uh, at that? Man, well, I think initially I thought it was, it was fascinating to hear some of the people say things in terms of the response. Like it was really good. It was a little clunky um, or it, it felt a little robotic or, you know, um, somebody said it was a lot more inclusive. And, and so it was just, it was really interesting listening to the overarching conversation around it. But I feel like my initial thought was, um, you know, I can, I can, I can buy a piece of furniture that is, that is mass produced and it's going to be functional and it'll be good. And there's some great stuff where I can buy something that was built by the guy down the street that might even look very similar and the same. But there's something about the ingenuity of the person behind it that uh, for me as, uh, as a very tactile, hands-on person, like that just means a lot, you know? Um, there's something about the, the level of thought and creativity that goes into something from a human perspective for me that I just was like, I feel like I would miss that that part of it. I also, uh, I, I've been hearing more conversation. Uh, my wife's an, an educator and there's been a lot of talk around, you know, some of the AI generated stuff, like you can get slides made up for classes and some of those things. And, and I see the, the, the benefit of that from an education point of view, but I feel like you're right from a formation point of view, there's something, there's something to be said. If I'm looking for this particular piece of technology to help me look more like Jesus, I, I, I'm missing the point that I need to look at Jesus to help me look more like Jesus. And so it might be a great tool. Yeah. Um, I, I heard and I heard, overheard a conversation of a friend of mine who 
um, she's, she's part of a bigger staff and she found out, you know, she's kind of been t- playing around with the chat GPT stuff and she was, she had it uh, write uh, an email for her and she's like, it was such a good email. And I thought like, what a cool tool. But then she asked the question, you know, like, you know, has anyone ever used this to like write a sermon and like a bunch of people sort of like dropped their head in shame and were like, well, we've kind of started to use it a bit to help us to, to think through. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it just sort of, it, it, it opens up a whole different world of like, you know, do I want to rely on, on something like that? Or am I still the John Henry guy that like, give me a hammer and a piece of steel and I'm going to beat this locomotive digger. Um, but you know, how do I hold both of those things in tension? Those are some of my initial thoughts. I think, I think I am more probably on the space of like skeptical of artificial intelligence because it, it is art. I think just that word artificial freaks me out a little bit, but, but at the same time, I think it, it sounds like you have at your fingertips some pretty great resources and that in and of itself is kind of encouraging to me. So it's sort of this weird, you know, batch of, yeah, this is really a great tool. And also is this coming for my job? So maybe those are the tensions for me that I was just thinking through. And, and again, you're right. I don't think human interaction can ever be farmed out to something different, but yeah, I was just thinking like, you know, yeah. What do you do if you're a pastor and it's Thursday and you've had all this pastoral stuff to do and you have nothing done on a sermon that you have to write, you know, in three days? Like, is that, is it, is it, mm. is it appropriate to use that? Is it, is it illegal? Should you not? How will people know? I don't know. So I was thinking about that too. Like, is that a helpful tool for pastors to use for sermon prep? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. But here's here's one thing I do know. Uh, Shane Hips had this book called Flickering Pixels. Really great kind of mm-hmm. walk through uh, how does technology impact mm-hmm. church, right? And one of the rules that he talks about in there is the rule that technology always reverses yes. back on itself. And what it does is when technology goes to its... Um, its natural conclusion, it accomplishes the opposite of what it was intended to do. So for example, email. Email was great when we first started with it because it made communication quicker, easier, more uh, accessible. Suddenly we could be in touch with people that we had lost touch with. Well, fast forward 30 years to today, and now Email is probably the worst way to get a hold of me because there's such a flood of it. There's so much coming in that um, I, I often miss things because they get buried in amongst all the spam and the, the advertisements and you know everything else. It, it is, email has actually uh, become, it's moved from a great way to communicate and a, definitely a step up from letter writing to now it's one of the worst ways to communicate because you just never know if someone's going to see it or they're going to miss it. Is it going to, or, or are they going to pay attention to it? That kind of thing, you know? And so like back to my earlier uh, thing about video venues, like if the idea is that we would, I would be able to, um, a particular communicator would be able to 
uh, speak the gospel and preach to larger and larger crowds, the way it reverses back on itself is is that um, when that communicator has an issue or a problem or a moral failure or they just they retire or they pass away or something, uh, now we've lost communication because we haven't been raising up new communicators, mm-hmm. right? And we've lost the art of, of preaching after a, a generation or two of, of leaning heavily on video venues. So how might using AI to help you write your sermon, how might it seem like a, a, a gift yeah. in the beginning and a curse at the end? I'm not exactly sure, but I have a feeling that it'll follow yeah. that rule because it has to, right? That if we if we lean more and more on AI tools to help us eventually, it, you know, look, Doug, I will be the first to admit, I can't really drive anywhere anymore without turning right. on the GPS. Like <laughs> I used to know how to get places, but I outsourced that ability yep. to my phone when it became possible. And now it's like, I, I have to have it. If I don't have it, I don't know yep. how to navigate. And I have a feeling something like that might happen to where uh, if I depend on these tools to help me write sermons, eventually I lose the ability to really uh, hear from God, cr- uh, study a passage, craft a message, deliver it uh, with the deliver it right. with the help of the Holy right. Spirit. You know. Yeah, I think that's kind of where my mind was going too. In a lot of the conversation was just around the idea of you know, there's something that's so artisan and beautiful and organic about sermon crafting. Um, even in the mistakes, there's something that that's so helpful. I mean, I, I'll never, I, I feel like some of the most helpful moments in my life as a pastor in my preaching world have been people that mention, hey, thanks for, uh, <laughs> This is my my version. Thanks for screwing that up a bit. It really helped me realize that like God uses anybody and everybody, and even in the mistakes, God can be glorified. Mm-hmm. And and I just remember hearing that um, several years back, and just thinking, you know, there's something about a service that that is still a bit clunky that that can actually be a blessing because it's like God shows up in the in those ordinary messy places, right? And I don't know. I mean, it doesn't always look like a You Got Mail movie or some kind of really clever rom-com, but life looks a lot like life. And there's something about being able to just figure it out as we go that that I feel like there's just this deep reliance on the presence of the Spirit. And it's almost like as as I'm aging as a preacher, maybe my first few years, I was just constantly listening to other preachers. And, and, and I think that's mm. good and it's important and that's what I want to do because I want to learn from those. There's this posture of openness and learning. But what happened is I wanted to actually be those preachers. Like there, there was this space in me yeah. that really wanted to sound like him or use that clever phraseology or, you know, be that, you know, take the, the hours and hours that this guy put into studying the scripture in the presence of the spirit in community and sort of put that into my weird community at that, you know, whatever point in time that was and just realized it just, it didn't connect. Um, and there were, and, and it just, it opened up this new level of space of like, Oh, what if the Holy spirit actually has called me to, to handle the word of God correctly 
to like to to sit at the feet of the Lord and to and to prepare my heart and 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 to just do that week in and week out and realize that yeah some some days are going to be these these moments where you just sense the Holy Spirit is doing something deep and other Sundays are going to feel like man I bombed that um but it's funny because when we even when we watch baseball or different sports it's there's this level of perfection that just sits and and I think that's why some of this AI stuff is so intriguing because it's almost like we can get perfect like the computer is perfect. And I don't know, mm. there's something beautiful about humanity that, and the messiness of it that I just really appreciate. Yeah. And, and, you know, on a, on a formational level, I think if it's like Friday night and it's been a hard week and you haven't had your sermon, it, it hasn't been written um, the easiest thing to do would be uh, to fire up the AI and just put in an outline and see what comes out, you know. And but that might not be the best thing to do. Uh, I I will never forget uh, my freshman biology teacher uh, used this. He said this example, and it has stuck with me since. He said, "You know, you guys, you get a headache." And the first thing you do is you go to the medicine cabinet and take a Tylenol to make the headache go away. When what you really should be doing is asking yourself, mm. why do I have a headache? Is it because I'm not drinking enough water? Is it because I've had too much caffeine and I'm going through withdrawals? Is what, what is wrong with my body that is giving me this headache? Yeah, you can just go take the pill and get rid of it real quick, but that's dealing with the symptom and not the problem. And I think in the same way, if you find yourself consistently at that place where you're you're sitting on the deadline and you haven't got the sermon done and it just happens over and over you're working on Saturdays you're working on Sunday mornings you know the answer is not chat gpt the answer is for you and god to sit down with yes. your calendar and figure out what what changes do i need to make so that i get the time that i need uh, I don't need 30, 40 hours a week. If you're spending 38, 40 hours a week yeah. on your sermon, it look, that's between you and God. But in my opinion, you yeah. know, that's too much. That's too much. You could, you can do it in five. You really can. Um, and, but it takes discipline. It takes having enough time to kind of pull everything together and enough time to actually cut it down. You know, that's where most people get, that's where most communicators uh, who run short on time, they skip that last part of what do I need to cut out here, which is it's the most interesting thing that that the sermons that we've prepared the least for mm -hmm. are often the longest. You know, the ones that we just keep going and going and going because we haven't taken that that last step of like paring it down and just saying, what's the essential thing that I feel like God wants to communicate to this community? So my encouragement would be if you find yourself consistently wishing you had a tool that would make, that would kind of write your sermons for you, uh, the answer is not to find the tool that will write your sermons for you. It's it's for you to look at what do I need to rearrange to ha just have the proper time, you know, to 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 do this well in the way that I would like to. Yeah, and yeah. I think even just to recognize that that is really countercultural in a world that worships life hacks, right? Like we, we, we live in a world oh, yeah. right now where it's, you know, we want to figure out how to 
how to brush my teeth quicker. And it's like, they're, they're just, there comes a point in time uh, that I think we need to recognize that sometimes it's, it's in that state of, of struggle and boredom and looking at our calendar instead of praying for a tool, realizing like the tools are already there. It's just a matter of partnering with the spirit yeah. and allowing the spirit to, to rework the fact that like, yeah, he wants to use you in the imperfected stuttering person that you are because you are part of the sermon as well. It's not just the words that come out of your mouth, but even just the formation that happens in us in those spaces that are non-life hackable. And I'm not preaching against life hacks. I think they can be great, you know, really helpful things at times, but it's also, man, sometimes stuff like that is just supposed to be hard. And and sometimes it's going to come out real easy and you're just like, man, how did I get 14 pages? You know, I hope no one falls asleep. Um, but I think you're right. It's 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 just that thing of instead of saying, well, what tool can help me move away from the clunkiness of this? Maybe it's just about finding the time, looking at your calendar and saying, okay, this is what we can do. Well, man, and I am I am I I don't think you know this, Doug, but I used to I used to run a blog and even a website called Pastor Hacks. I was all about it. Um, but the thing is, it's like what so for me one of the greatest pastor hacks i've ever encountered came from eugene peterson in his book the contemplative pastor when he said let your calendar yes. say no for you mm. right it's when you block out the the important times that i'm going to have this is sermon prep time this is prayer time this is time with my spouse this i we, we put it all in the calendar and we let all the other stuff kind of fall into place, right? And so when someone comes along and says, pastor, I just need some of your time. Like it's difficult to, for you to say as a pastor, as a servant, you know what? Actually that's blocked out. Uh, I was going to go to the gym yeah. during that time. Uh, or I, I was supposed to have lunch with my spouse or that's my prayer time. It's hard to say mm -hmm. that to someone's face, right? Uh, it feels like I should, I should listen to you instead of instead of praying, because uh, I can pray anytime, right? But the, the truth is, there will, there will always be <laughs> those demands on our time. And unless we get to the place where we're able to say, you know what, my yeah. calendar won't allow that. I've got something scheduled there. And you don't need to tell people what it is. Even if it's time where you're going to go to the gym or you're going to take a walk, your health, your, your sanity is important right? As long as you're not going overboard with me time. But yeah, that was Agreed. one of the greatest hacks in terms of time that I ever found. The other one was uh, work will expand to fill the mm -hmm. space allotted to it. So if in your mind, it's, it's okay to work on a sermon on Saturday or Sunday morning, you know what? You're going to be working on a sermon on Saturday or Sunday morning. For me, I set the deadline at Thursday. Thursday mm. when I went home, that was it. And when I did that, suddenly it was like the work compressed to fill the time mm. that I allowed it, right? And there would be times where I'd go, you know what? It's not great, yeah. but it's good enough. God, can you do something with this yeah. good enough sermon? And you know what? He did. 
He did. So I'm all yes. about pastor hacks. I just, I, I want them to be the kind that yes. form us in the right yeah. way, not the wrong And I think way. that's helpful. Maybe even just as we think about engaging the fall, you know, pastors, whether you're a, a lead pastor, a teaching pastor, a youth pastor, children's pastor, worship pastor, director, a maintenance person, whatever. What if you prayerfully looked at your calendar, you just prayerfully sat before it and just said, you know, with God and said, Lord, what does it look like for me to be a holistic, healthy person who who can do my job well and enjoy in the strength of the spirit, but also rest well? Um, I, I just I feel like if we could give that gift and that permission to pastors, you'd see a very healthy, resilient bunch of of men and women who are serving God in the power of the spirit. Amen and amen. And and let let the AI write the bulletin. <laughs> amen. That that's fine. Let it do the let it do the announcement about the uh the rummage <laughs> sale or the women's tea. That's fine, you know, or yeah. the men's retreat. Save save the sermon for yeah. uh you and God. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>